You guys know how supporting local business is in our blood. We're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company, and it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. DRC offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceutical, construction, medical, military, electronics, and so much more. An ISO-certified company that will work with you from design to final product that is both cost-effective and will meet your requirements. If you are in need of a custom design, material selection for your project, or have a deadline to make for a large order, do not hesitate to call Denver Rubber Company. Call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com and tell them who sent you. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations today or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. You can reserve products there and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And you can use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. With me once again is AJ Hayfley, still recovering from the sickness, but he continues to troop through with us as the Avs picked up their second win of the preseason last night. AJ, how are you? Did you enjoy the game? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the most entertaining game they've played, really. By and far. <laughs> yeah, just just in terms of how well they played. Like, you know, that, that dominance of the Stars was one thing, but it was not as rewarding when they scored, uh, you know, three minutes into the game and then that was it yeah and for the lineup that they iced last night as well was none of the big firepower and they still look dominant yeah well i mean they i mean they tore it up last night man that was a really impressive performance and you know really did what what vegas does to other teams yeah right dominant i love the four check especially I think Definitely. Martin, Martin Kaut in particular stood Ooh. out in that regard. He was just on people pushing in the offensive zone. Especially the one that you clipped where it looked like it looked like it was just going to be a simple reverse the puck around the behind the net. And then that guy was just going to move it. But Kaut was just like hunting that puck and uh, showed off significantly more speed than we have seen from him on a regular basis uh, last night. And not, not even just on that crazy rush after he got out of the box where he just turned on the jets that nobody knew he had Uh, whatever poor defenseman it was that he blew by at center ice certainly did not know that was coming. 
but I I loved the feet, man. I loved the I loved the try hard and the effort. Uh, you know, I know we're gonna get to what happened today at some yeah, point. We'll but, save that for segment two. Yeah, but but that's you know the way that he played last night. If that's a preview of things to come, and that's what I've liked from him this preseason. It's been a lot of the try hard and the effort and putting, you know, putting in the work. And I think that all of those positive processes are a good thing. And if he just keeps that up in the AHL, his skill will start to take over to the, to the point where he'll produce in such a manner where at some point the abs will just say, screw this. He's ready. Let's do this. Right. It's. I guess it should come as no surprise that a, a group of guys, essentially led by Matt Calvert, went full try hard on us. But well, I mean, Matt Calvert, it, uh, it worked. I, I, dude, I, I wouldn't play backyard games with Matt Calvert because I think that dude would just he would take you down. Yeah, he would. <laughs> and then I, I, no, I'm, I'm good. Like that's that's a dude who would take that so seriously. Yep. You know, like he's he's going to grow. He's going to be the guy in the in the video when he's playing basketball. with his kids on the driveway who just keeps blocking their shots. Just keeps <laughs> ending them with three. Just keeps yeah. swatting it away. And then and then, you know, is going to take them to the hole because they're two and a half feet tall and can't do anything. Posterize his own. Yeah, kids. exactly. And that's and he's going to be like, you got to figure it out. Got to figure it out. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was my dad. My dad was like, all right, you're short. You got to figure out how to shoot high. So I was one of those dudes who was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to master the art of the rainbow jumper because I had to. I had to get my shot over people. But, you know, that's that's what Matt Calvert is like. And it showed up in a preseason game. He going after it. But I love that. That sets the tone. That's that is when when you have a limited NHL lineup like that. And that guy is going out there who's got a spot. He's got a multi-year deal. He's well-respected. And everybody's saying, guy, I would take that guy's career. You know, a long-term NHL player. And then he goes out there in a preseason game on the road, no less, because, you know, veterans don't ever like to travel in the preseason. He goes out there and he just gets after it early on, later on in the game. Anytime he was out there, it was 100%. And it just goes to show you that accountability accountability that they're trying to build up in that locker room. Every shift matters. Every shift is important in your career. Every shift, you need to be going 100%. You need to be doing absolutely everything. Otherwise, you're not doing everything to help this team win. And if you're not doing the help everything that you can, we will find somebody who will. I love that, that that's the tone being set uh, by those guys on the ice. It really went all the way up and down the lineup, too, with with Calvert on the top line working like that. You saw everyone start to work harder, dig into the dirty areas, and and get rewarded for it. We saw A.J. Greer pick up a beautiful assist to Kamenev off of uh, really hard work. Calvert actually involved getting the secondary there, but that got Greer involved as well. And then Kamenev gets the shot. And buries it. Yeah, well... On further review, it deflected off the defenseman in, so it was a little bit lucky, but <laughs> it did bury it, baby. Does <laughs> not matter. Yeah, that's true. And he 
had as many shots as anyone in the game with four. Way, way more engaged yeah, than he has. Sniped it right off the inside of that guy's knee. <laughs> Pinball wizard, okay? Aim in there the whole That's way. That's right. Pinball wizard. All right, buddy. It was it was exactly what he needed. And after that goal, if it looked like it, it looked like a pyramid just lifted up off the off of his shoulders. He played so loose the rest of the game and not in a bad way. We've seen him when when he struggles, it's I, I feel like he's very uptight. Yeah. He's he's one of those guys that forgets, hey, this is fun, man. You're supposed to be enjoying this. And he gets, you know, he, he just kind of skates around and does what he does. And, well, I don't want to get hit. And none of that last night. He was after it. He was he was going hard. And he was letting pucks fly, man. He could have scored a couple of goals. Right. I, I thought he played, certainly on the offensive side, the best I've seen from him. So more of that would be would be very good. But you know what else is fun? having a couple of Breck brews. Breckenridge is the original mm. Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter. I've been telling you about their Colorado core, and I just got to try their mo- mango mosaic the other night. Honestly, they have so many beers. It doesn't matter what type of beer you like. They'll have one for you. Be sure to find one. You can pick a winner from their amber ale to their autumn ale or autumn lager. I think it is one's, darker if you want a lighter one you can go with the strawberry sky really so many beers to choose from so keep an eye out for breckenridge brewery beers at your local liquor store and make sure to also find the breckenridge event calendar on the dnvr.com we have all of our events planned there from watch parties for the abs nuggets broncos and a couple of other exciting things as well so please rsvp and come out and have some breck brews with us Getting back into the Kamenev situation, Kamenev, Kamenev, I keep saying it both ways. It's going to drive me crazy, but Shane Bowers was scheduled to play in this game, practiced in the morning, flew with the team, and then was held out because of a lower body injury. Is that a is that the end for him? Do you think he ends up in the AHL at this point? Um, Boy. That's a tough question because are you going to penalize him when he's played so well? Because we've already talked about it on a couple of shows. He's been one of the Avs best players through the preseason and it was straight up earning a roster spot. But now I doesn't sound like the injury is very serious, but still it's something that's preventing him from continuing to play. Right. Assume, assume for right now, no Miko for opening night. Yeah. So, and assume Wilson is healthy. There's 11 guys. Right. You have one spot, basically. Two for the extra scratch. Sure. But Bauer's probably not going to be the scratch guy. Correct. I'm just going through the numbers here. Okay. That means that we've got, uh, we're, we're still looking at six guys on the outside looking in, right? Yep. Bowers, Greer, Kamenev, Magna, Nachushkin, and Tynan. Right. Now, I'm not going to take the Tynan thing too seriously. Yeah, I wouldn't. So let's cut Tynan. Yep. Down to five. That's a really, really, really tough call because Nachushkin they seem married to. 
They do. But of course, they seemed married to Byram. Which we'll get to. Yeah. And, and Magna, three goals in three games, you right. know. Can't be denied. If you're talking about what have you done lately, have done for me lately, strong case. Kamenev, I think. Has been up and down a little yeah, bit. I would say one uneven performance, one bad performance, and one good performance. Is a center as well, which could be good or bad, depending. Right. Same presents the same issue as Bowers. Right. If you keep him, where do you put him? Yep. Um, and then Greer, obviously, I think Greer has been really, this is, I don't want to say really good, but I think this is the most consistent we've seen Greer. Where all of his games are kind of the same. Right. And he, he looks like he's fully embraced that bottom six role and playing that way. Right. Where he's found a way to contribute. I mean, I think he has two assists in the preseason. Yep. So, you know, and I'm clearly not like a statistical juggernaut here, but two, you know, two assists in a couple of games he's producing and neither one of those assists were flukes. No, they were both hard work and it wasn't the Dan Renouf like secondary assist where slapped I, it up the boards and Matt Calvert went ham. Basically. It was like and, and even that, like Matt he slapped it up the boards to Calvert, who slapped it up the boards to Tynan. Right. Who gave it back to Calvert and Renouf hadn't touched the puck in twenty seconds. Yeah. So I saw that secondary assist added on and was like, get out of here. <laughs> but anyway, um, not the point. Five of those five forwards right there. The, the the big knock against Magna is we know what his ceiling is as an NHL player. Yep. This is the this is the Kevin Connaught and Mark Barbario conversation on defense. Right. That guy is proven. He's he's gotten a significant chance. He's a hundred NHL games played. So that's a guy that we've seen not do it in the league. And so, you know, you know. Okay, he looked good for a week in pra- in practice games. What's more important, you know? Like, how are we going to? They brought him in to be an eagle, is what I'm right. saying. And they got they got a nice preseason out of him. I don't know why we're going to pretend that it needs to be more than that. Did they learn anything from the Sheldon Dries situation last year? And like Sheldon Dries was a little different because they didn't have the depth that they do this sure. year. They took a bunch of injuries right at the end of camp as well, and and like and he was the next man up, and he played well to start, and like there were there were a lot of things that you know I think we would agree Sheldon Dries didn't need forty games, but Sheldon Dries getting the first like twenty games was fine. Sure. The situation that they were in was just different, and it was fine. This year, Shane Bowers has been awesome, lights out. He has been of these guys on this list the best player. And the only reason that we're talking about this is like, well, maybe he goes back down. He's, he's a center and he has no pro experience. Yep. And so it's easy to talk. Oh, well he needs seasoning, like the magical seasoning, you know, where it certainly won't hurt him. I'm not saying that the AHL is a bad place and that it's going to be a bad thing if Bowers goes down there. But like, this is a kid that you have high expectations for. And he's done everything that you want in camp and you don't know where his ceiling is. 
And the only thing that the only I think the only true factor holding him back in this is that you want him at center. Yeah. And that's not the case with these other guys. Right. And it's, Kamenev, you're comfortable putting him at center, but maybe he's the 13th guy. He's been a healthy scratch right. before. He knows that world. He spent the last two years healthy at the end of the season, practicing every day, totally healthy. He at least, quote unquote, understands. He'd be comfortable in that situation. There's also the waiver eligibility factor right. there with Kamenev as well. Bowers is the only guy that is waiver exempt on that list of those six right. guys. But most of them, you're not too worried about getting claimed. You're really not worried about Magna, Nachushkin, and Tynan. Right. So that's kind of what the different situation for Kamenev there. Right. And you don't, and, and we don't know about Greer and Kamenev because they've never gone through waivers before. That's very true. We just don't know. We don't know how the league views them. If they go through, if they clear waivers, then we know, hey, th- these guys are not guys with a ton of value. Yep. Because 30 other NHL teams just had a shot at you and said no. Right. Is that a risk that they're willing to take is the question. How do you prioritize that? Because right now, you know, if there's no Miko Ranton and you're talking about a fourth line job, we saw Calvert, Greer, Belmar had chemistry. Right. That line was money. You could easily make that your fourth line. Yep. And keep Kamenev. But then you're talking about waving Nachushkin. Right. And that's where I don't think it's going to. I think they'll keep Nachushkin over Kamenev. Yeah. But I'm saying if you wanted to avoid the waiver, real waiver wire risk here. You could. Yes. That's where it that's where you could really, avoid it. And you could still make an argument that that's your best lineup. You absolutely could. So I could get behind that for sure. I do think that they will want to see Nachushkin. And so I do think that that puts one of Greer or Kamenev and maybe both in danger. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is worst case scenario here that's very realistic is Magna Nachushkin. I think that is pretty realistic. I And I wouldn't hate giving Magna a couple of games. Look, he's played great. He's earned it. But he needs to look good or that needs to be short. We can go ahead and end segment one there as, as we have some more news to get to on a couple of fronts. The first one being the Avs cutting a number of guys. So we'll jump into that in segment two. But first, you guys have to head to Infinity Park the weekend of October 5th and 6th to check out the International Women's Rugby Sevens event and eat delicious international food while listening to incredible bands. Infinity Park is the only U.S. stop for this rugby series, and teams from around the world are participating, including the USA, New Zealand, Japan, Ireland, Brazil, France, Australia. This series is crucial for athletes as they prepare for the 2020 Olympics. Guys, Rugby Sevens is a physically demanding game of speed, endurance, and intensity with some of the world's most talented athletes. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you will be blown away and highly entertained watching these women compete. What's even better is you'll be able to enjoy this with the entire family at an incredible price. Adult passes are only $20, and you'll get another $5 off when you use code DNVR5. Kids 12 and under are $10, and 3 and under are free for the entire weekend. Visit Infinity Park at Glendale.com for all your information and grab tickets. That's Infinity Park at Glendale.com. Second segment 
segment of the DNVR Abs podcast with Nathan and AJ. This morning, the Abs cut eight players, six of them. Not really a big surprise. Jolie, Dries, McDonald, Miska, Logan O'Connor, Dan Renouf. All expected to be Eagles this year anyway. A couple of them even not on NHL deals at all. So not a ton to talk about on those two. But there are two other guys that do kind of matter. The biggest one being Bowen Byram is sent back to the Vancouver Giants in the WHL. Based on his play, I think AJ and I will agree with that decision, but there was a lot of talk about him getting his nine-game nine test, and now it's not happening. I'm surprised. Um, based on how Sackick talked and based on how Bender talked uh, and based on their usage, I mean, I guess when Sackick said they were going to give him every opportunity to make the team, they certainly did. And he just didn't quite live up to it, did he? Yeah, he played four of the five games, and it just never quite fell in line for him. Yep. And I'm okay with this. I I mean, we we had talked a bunch yesterday about Byram and how, you know, it was it made it made the most sense that he not be in that lineup. Yep. Uh, he just looked too raw. He needed he needed a little bit more time. This is this is a good thing for me. I I think I think this is good. I think this is just perfectly fine. Right. I think he needed more time to be NHL ready, and there are plenty of other players in that defensive side that have earned the job more. In that vein, if you remove Ian Cole because he will be on LTIR to start the season, Mm -hmm. the Avs currently are carrying nine defensemen, so at least one more needs to be cut. Those are likely out of Barbario, Connaughton, Rosen, and Timmins and Graves. Those are the five that they kind of are running with right now in the battles for positional spots. Really interesting um, because we've talked about them carrying eight defensemen. Right. And with Byram gone now, um, and and the top four we feel is pretty solidified. We're not too worried about Johnson or Zadorov, Makar, Gerard getting demoted or waived. Yeah. They'll be in the lineup, I think. Uh there's an argument that these five guys are competing for four spots now. At least until Cole is healthy, yeah. Right. For the first month, month and a half that we'll say. Yeah. Given that Cole is apparently superhuman. And recovering like he's got Wolverine's healing factor. <laughs> so, um, those, I mean, in, if those five guys are competing for the four spots, I, I, to be honest, I almost don't care as long as Rosen and Timmons are there because they've just outplayed all the other guys so significantly. I would say at yeah. that point, probably just send Graves back. Yeah, it's the same story as with Bowers with Timmons, right? If you're keeping him, you'd like him to be playing. Oh, I'm assuming if they keep him, he's playing. Yeah, then not sitting up in the press box. Same, same thing with Shane Bowers. Like, if you're keeping that guy, you're finding a space in the lineup. Yeah. And I've said previously, right. Belmar, lots of experience on the left wing, can do the exact same job over there. Put Calvert on the right wing, and you put Bowers in the middle, and that's your fourth line. And 
that's the space that you create for him. And for the for the defense with Timmons, it's pretty. I mean, it's your third pairing right defenseman, and you probably you probably have Zadorov, Johnson, and then whoever's on his left side is a guy that you're going to be comfortable with as the third guy on the PK. And then maybe maybe Timmons or Gerard as as the fourth guy on the PK that you can run out there. More or less where I had it pegged as well. And if you're looking at that other side, if we kind of pencil Timmons in for now, Graves, not really a PKer. Barbario and Connaughton have both done it at the NHL level, but it's more out of necessity than actively doing it. And again, that's where I think Rosen takes a step ahead because he was a, the number one PKer for the Marlies last year, and right. he has played quite a bit of PK in this preseason as well. Exactly. He's gotten that extended look. If they like him on the PK, there's not a good reason that Callie Rosen should not be starting on opening night. Yep. Regardless of if he's next to Timmons or not, if they like him on the PK, Callie Rosen needs to be in your lineup. Yeah, I agree. They need someone capable of PKing. Right. So you need that last guy that you'd like to do it, but it is. Let's be real. That spot in the lineup, you're essentially replacing Patrick Nemeth. And yeah. all he really did was work PK and defensively. Yeah. And what's weird is that the Avs don't really, none of these guys are that, are that guy. They aren't. They aren't the strictly defensive type. None of them are. You know, we talked yesterday about how maybe Barbario loses some of his appeal. Right. Because their whole defense now can skate and can move pucks and, you know, and and can create a little bit on offense. Graves is really the only one that you would say is a defensive defenseman. But I would say that Graves is also last here out of these five guys he's I, I would have him fifth even with graves he's someone who has a big slap shot and, and yeah. has shown some nice play jumping up into the offensive zone last well, year kind so. of like Connaughton, where there's more offensive game there than you would imagine right you know based on based on how they play and what we've seen it's a really fascinating battle because it's hard to say i mean rosen and timmons have outplayed the other guys but for sure. Are you going to play two and and I it would be three rookies on your defense. Rosen, Timmons and McCarr. Are are you going to do that? Like I'm you know, I know that that Bedner will buck traditional coaching trends if he believes that these are the guys for him. But does he? We don't I mean we don't know that. And it's it's rare. I that's all I'll say is that it's rare for an NHL coach to And it's funny how all NHL coaches kind of come together on this at some point. They all eventually agree, you know, we want experience. We value experience. You need someone to hold down the fort. And with this, you know, Barbario and Connaughton, you know, Graves, we we say, oh, Graves isn't a rookie anymore. He's got 25 NHL games played. You know, he's, he's not exactly a seasoned vet here. And Barbario and Connaughton have been hanging around on the fringes of the league for basically their entire careers. Yeah. 
always kind of the sixth, seventh D types. Yeah. You know, guys who have been waived multiple times, uh, guys who have moved around a little bit. It's, and that's, you know, it's not like, I'm not like, it's not, it's not really relevant here. I'm just saying that their experience has come through a long period of time. These, none of these guys are guys who have experience. All right, we're going to put you in the lineup. You're going to play 82 games. Right. None of them. And you already have Kale McCarr, but you need to make a third pairing out of that. You know, and obviously Ian Cole will come back. And so it'll, it'll get chopped down to just that one spot. But then, you know, are you going to, are you going to play two rookies then with Timmons or Rosen and McCarr? It's, they're in an interesting position here because they've, they've built this, they've built this so that it's kind of bulletproof for them, right? If one of these guys gets hurt, another one seamlessly transitions and takes that job. You know, if one of their top four goes down, they're going to have a lot harder time replacing that guy. But as I always say, that's true of everybody. Yeah. And I do think it's interesting you brought up that none of these guys are are really 82-game NHL experienced players. I don't see how that's going to be any different this year. I fully expect them to rotate through these mm-hmm. guys on a regular basis. And it's going to be a little bit of playing the hot hand here and there and, and playing whatever molds the lineup correctly to their opponents. I think they would like to find that Patrick Nemeth staple right. that they just say. Just to have an option. Yeah, and where yeah. they just say, look, we know exactly who this guy is and we're just going to play him every night. And – if he has a if he has a really tough stretch, then we'll pull him out for a night or two. Because you know it wasn't like Patrick Nemeth was like set and forgotten every game, no questions asked. You know he got it. He was a healthy scratch in his time in Colorado, but now that he's gone, I think they need to find the next one. You know they need to find a, a guy that that they can rely on that they are comfortable with. Because you do want to build that chemistry and you do want to build kind of the idea of these are our guys. You know? Like these are, when you get to the postseason, you don't want to be rotating guys in and out. You want to have a dead set roster. Yeah, and you want guys with roles that they've been playing most of the year that they're very comfortable with and just say, okay, we're good. Yeah. Like these are our horses. Let it be. Like, one, two, three, go. That would be ideal. We'll see how the defense pans out. There's still, I expect a lot of shaking and moving, at least in the first month of the season there. On the other side, Avs also reassigned Martin Kaut. Probably not the biggest surprise in the world. He was probably on the outside looking in as, as far as the forwards were concerned anyway, as we talked about in segment one. But you have to think he's at least done enough to to have his name on the injury call-up list at this point. Definitely. And that's not even considering the six guys who are still hanging around on the NHL roster. Right. You know, because when I think, I do think when Magna and Tynan come down, though, that's probably it. Yeah. You know, like that'll be, that'll be the last time that we, we revisit that. As yeah. Like, barring just something crazy happening. I don't think they're really in contention for call-ups. Right. And I thought it was interesting, um, you know, Cout, O'Connor, Dries, all bubble guys who played well last night. 
in Vegas. Like it was a great night to be a bubble guy. Pretty much every single bubble guy played well. Yeah. Showed out in some fashion. It was, it was impressive. Honestly, it, it was good to see that those guys are still going to go into war like that, you know, battling. And I agree with all the decisions that were made. Cout is the one that I would say, boy, does he look like he's coming back at some point? Yeah. Because man, that process looked good to me. And we've talked all summer, 50, 50 AHL games and we, we should be good to go. It's not going to take much for him as, as we said, you know, that, the physical abilities seem to be there this year. He's filled out. He's faster. He's stronger. And that allows him to play in the NHL in a bottom six role. Yeah. Uh, bottom six, I think, is has to be the expectation right now. Yeah. I He's not, you know, unless he goes down to the AHL and is scoring two points a game or something insane. I mean, even, even if it's a point per game as a 19-year-old man, I mean, that's doesn't happen down there. Right. And that would be that would be the point where you're like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe this is like the real deal now. Him in the bottom six, as we've talked about, is fine. He can play that role. There's a pretty decent chance that long term that may even be the role he ends up in on this team. Just kind of reality. He, it's it's certainly possible. And when he was drafted, it was something that uh, I know Jesse and I had talked about was, hey, maybe this guy ends up as a really good third liner for you. Right. If you find if you find a wing or two along the way, this is the kind of guy that can that that has like middle six written all over him. Yep. You know, a guy that depending on where he's playing and who he's playing with, you know, whatever. It could be 35 points, it could be 55 points. But you're going to get a really solid two-way player out of him eventually. And I think he's still perfectly on track for that. I liked a lot of what I saw of him through the preseason. It's much better than last year. It's much more advanced. It's much more polished. And he still has so much room to get better that this, I don't take this as a bad thing at all. Right. I, this sending down, I think, was kind of inevitable for him, and we expect to see him back. And that's he's fallen into that, which is where you wanted to see him. Definitely. And and he had such a strong preseason that he put himself on that radar. Yeah, and for sure. It would be a disappointment if we don't see him at all this year. But he also will have the nine-game conversation attached to him all season. Yeah, and I would be... Very disappointed if they didn't at least use some I'm, of the nine. I'm games. just saying it's there, right? You know, if if you get to the last 15 games of the season, you know, and yeah, it, unless unless he's making a major difference for the Avs, like maybe maybe just play that one business savvy instead. No, I I hear you. It's, I'm not gonna lose my mind over it if he only ends up playing nine games or whatever, mm-hmm. but I would like to see him get the nine. Yeah. And it would, I think the, the what you don't want to see is that he gets the nine games plays really, really well. And they make a purely business decision. Right. Right. 
that would be a little bit disappointing. That would definitely but, be the one where you're like, yep, don't love that. Well, we'll cut off segment two here, come back in segment three with a little bit more talk about the Avs roster, and, and maybe we'll touch on Rantanen's current situation as well. But Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition, go to houselift.com. They'll show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all of the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing these costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page, both at houseliftcolorado.com, and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more in their clients' pockets. Call 303 303- 885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they'll sell your home without charging a listing commission. Final segment of this Thursday DNVR pod. I think I got the name right every single time today, so we're getting there. We're getting there. You missed one. Did I did I say BSN once? <sighs> someday. Someday I'll get it right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it was during one of the reads. I actually don't remember. It was early on. All right. I'll see, some of our codes aren't switched over yet, like the the percent offage codes. They're still BSN, so you have to say it to get the people the codes they deserve. But enough about percent off codes. We're talking about the AMS roster. What's left of it? What to expect? Do you think the Avs will pretty much go with an opening night lineup in their final preseason game, or is this a, a last chance for a couple of people to earn a spot there? Um, you know, I could see them giving like Bowers a game, yeah, and saying, you know, how do you look with the NHL lineup? Right. You know, what does this really look like for us? You know, Timmins kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, I do think that they need to use it mostly for a real lineup. Nathan McKinnon has played one game. Right. And he was like, going about 40% in it. So. Right, exactly. Like he needs to really get a normal game in. Yeah. I think they could really use what they think their opening lineup, uh, opening night lineup is going to be for the most part. It's a tough spot to make those decisions. I, because I would hate to see some of these guys hanging around, not get that game and then up getting cut just because they wanted to get their full lineup in a game before the start of the actual regular season. When you've shown so well and you never really get the opportunity to play with the real NHL lineup, it feels like you missed out. It does. I, it's mostly the forwards. Like, I don't care who they play on defense on Saturday. You know, like I'm whoever, whoever they hand up playing is fine. Um, Because all those guys are fighting for jobs and whatever. But like the forwards, like, are you really going to give Tynan another game? Right. They're. 
and and those are the decisions you have to make, right? It's which of these players even deserves an opportunity to have a look with the NHL lineup, if you want to call it that. A little bit surprised that we didn't see someone like a Tynan cut in the most recent round of cuts because of that. I what I don't what I what I'm a little worried about is that they're going to try and put a bunch of those guys in. Yeah. Like all six of these guys that we kind of have on the bubble, the tiny Nichushkin, Magna, Kamenev, Greer, Bowers, they're all going to play, right? Like that's my concern because then you're talking about these guys are not like this isn't is, their NHL role at all. Exactly. And then is Tyson Jost going to, going to play at any point <laughs> in what, what will be his, his regular role? Because they're saying, oh, we want to see him in the top six. All right, great. But they keep playing him as a bottom six center. Like with the, you know, they're playing him as a center with guys who he would be playing with in the bottom six. Were he to ever play with them. So, you know, it's it's very like, what are you what are you guys going to do? How how much have you used six preseason games to get a guy like Jost ready for the year? when you've played him out of position the entire time. And then how many of these guys on the bubble are you going to give another game to? These guys have all gotten multiple games now. They've all gotten looks in different lines, different situations. You've done you've done a good job of putting yourself in that position where you've given them lots of opportunities. Now, I think all these guys have played three games except Bowers, uh, and that was just because of the injury. And it's now you're just sitting there like, okay, well, Who's found chemistry with guys on our NHL team and who hasn't? Yeah, definitely fair. We've talked about Greer alongside Belmar. We've talked about mm-hmm. how down the lineup we've started to get these pairs of Kadri and Donskoy, mm-hmm. McKinnon and Landeskog. It's, there are some other interesting factors there. Colin Wilson obviously not being able to practice eventually is going to slot in cold. But for right now, you have to – make decisions on the bottom six that's kind of where i'm at and some of the reason you have to do these things is because of the man we're about to talk about miko rantanen i know you wrote an article today he's still not signed obviously at this point we're assuming based on the way visa issues and and traveling from europe to america has gone he's probably going to miss opening night so you have to do some things with that. On the rant inside, though, it sounds like there's been some progress. You know, shout out to our guy over in Switzerland, uh, Nicola Martinetti, who went and locked down a, a one-on-one interview with, with Miko on our behalf this morning. Um, this morning for us, tonight for him, uh, or I guess today for him. And... I, you know, ranted and expressed optimism, said, hey, it's it's closer than it was in August. The season's getting here. I just want to play. I just want to get this done. Um, he said, I think it's closing in. You know, that doesn't mean it's necessarily close, but I think that there's optimism. And that jives with the increased sense of urgency that everybody has reported on in the last 48 hours. Uh, he is he is practicing tomorrow with SC Burn for the final time, and then returning to Finland. And I, you know, for me, I take that as a positive sign. 
why would he be returning to Finland if he wasn't preparing to leave? You know, like, yeah, it seems, you know, and maybe that's reading too much into it, but him, him leaving. Okay. Well, he's spent all this time training now with a pro team, uh, practicing and staying in shape and getting himself ready in his own way with it, with one of the better teams over in Europe. And then he's going to go back to Finland and what sit around for me. I think the fact that he and line are both going back to Finland, uh, is is a positive sign on both of those fronts uh, that that these talks should be nearing an end sometime in the next few days. Uh, I We've already talked about, look, immigration, we're expecting to be an issue. It's been an issue for multiple European players from multiple countries, so it's not like it was just a one-off, you know, with Pavel Zaka in the Czech Republic. It's been a handful of Europeans who have had issues with it coming over. So... I think we're expecting that to be problematic. Uh, And because of that, we're ruling him out for the most part for opening night, barring something changing, major changing soon. But from, from his own words, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure that there will be reporting that tries to downplay it because they, they wish they had the story instead, but we got this one. And from his own mouth, he says, I think it's closing in. And for me, I, I, again, I'm not taking to say that I'm not taking that to mean, oh, it's, it's, you know, we're getting done today or anything like that. Just that progress is being made and that they're on the right track. And I do think that there's optimism that this thing does get signed uh, pretty, pretty, I don't want to say pretty quickly, but I think there's a good chance it's done before the start of the regular season. And then him getting here and all that, that's a separate issue. But I think they do want him signed. And look, players don't want to miss money. They don't want to lose out on cash. You know, you, you're not, you're not there for games. You're not making money. And that's really what this whole thing is coming down to is the business side of the game. It's coming down to money. Players don't want to lose out on it. So uh, I think, I think, it's in everyone's best interests to hammer down these details and get this bad boy taken care of in the next few days. Yeah, it's, it would be silly not to right at, at this point, even if he ends up missing opening night or whatever, you want to mitigate the damage as much as possible. That shouldn't have gone this far in the first place, but you can't go back in time, get it done, right. Get him signed. It sounds like he's even been talking to some of his teammates, at least through through text or phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have to think it's getting closer. You want to get him in there in person as fast as possible. You do, and you know he's kept in touch with teammates. He's kept he's kept up with what the Avs have done in the preseason. He's watched the games. He's keeping an eye on things, and then, you know, he's keeping himself in shape so that when this does end, he can drop in and be as prepared as he can be at this point. Yeah, 100%. A shame it's not already done and he's not here, but at least things are moving in the right direction. So I guess ranting and not ranting and just kind of final thoughts leading into the end of this preseason. It's been a bit of a weird preseason Obviously, the expectations around the Avs, the lack of Ranson in the first three games of, of ugliness. And now they maybe maybe they're starting to ramp things up a little bit with their last two wins. They do look a lot better. 
Um, and I want to see what the team looks like, you know, most, you know, 90% of the team, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm ready to see him, man. I'm ready to see the real deal on the ice. This should be a good hockey team. I'm excited to get to it. Yeah, it's, it's the season where it's time for the abs to start being a real deal. And I cannot wait for games to actually matter. So we'll leave it off on that very exciting note. I Tonight is Fan Fest. I know AJ or me, one of us will be there. Mm-hmm. So should be fun. And then we can get into the final preseason game and, and finally covering the regular season. But as I continue to ramble here, thank you for, thank you for listening. And as always, you will hear from us tomorrow. You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience a pretty rough hangover experience after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out on Facebook at DNVR Broncos. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app. Request a skilled IV drip therapist. Sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20%.